Yo, everybody, this is Brendan Lemon and the Madness Continues podcast. We're on our Days of Madness, Week of Madness. Uh, just had a lot of old episodes, um, some new ones too. Um, Skylar Higley uh, and Brian Rowe on Monday. The William Petit episode was a couple months ago. He's in France now. And then uh, the uh, Mike Shannon and Alex Provolis uh, episode yesterday. You should check out those. Uh, those are fresh also. But this one with uh, Michael Boothby, this one was recorded a little while ago. I've been meaning to release it for a while. He is a Chicago comic now down in Florida, and he's releasing a book uh, on dating apps called Message with Purpose. It's on Amazon. You can check it out. Apparently, it's very popular. It got a lot of downloads already. And I was uh, happy to talk with him about it here on The Madness Continues. Check it out, everybody. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Michael Boothby, welcome to The Madness Continues podcast. Uh, we are, Thanks for having me. You're coming to me live from, from, from Gainesville, Gainesville, Florida. Florida. Uh, home of the Florida Gators. Home of the Gators. Um, the home of uh, the the original my, uh, Tim Tebow. Uh, the original exactly. Tim, Tim Tebow. Yeah. Uh, Tebow. <laughs> yeah. That move. It originated in Gainesville. Exactly. Exactly. There's a statue. There's already a statue of him. Are you He's fucking kidding me? There's a real statue no, of him in Gainesville? Yeah, right outside uh, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. There's like uh, Steve Spurrier... Uh, the other guy, <laughs> and then and then Tim Tebow, Danny Warfel, Danny Warfel's the other Gator oh quarterback. So I was in uh, so I was in Denver when he moved over to to Denver, and it was such a big fucking deal when oh, he was shit. playing for the Broncos, and it was so weird because oh, yeah. he's got a lot of personality. That's true, but like I just never like I'd watch a game and I'd be like I just don't get why people think he's like such a great like people are like oh man this is fucking amazing we got Tebow now we're gonna dominate the league nope. Turns out you can't even w- win a fucking Super Bowl with a with a, a fucking um, what? Uh, God damn it! I'm having a, such a brain fart right now. No worries. You know the guy, the uh, fucking quarterback. The qu- say what? A quarterback. Yeah, what's his name? One of the brothers. One of the famous. Oh 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 um. Uh, <laughs> I know who you're talking. I can I can see his face. Manning. Manning. Yeah, there you go. Peyton Manning? Yeah, one of the Mannings, damn it. Yeah, uh, yeah. All my friends are never going to forgive me for um, <laughs> Peyton Manning. Jesus, right. Peyton Manning. You got a goddamn yeah. Manning and he couldn't win a Super Bowl. I know. The thing is, though, I man, Tebow kind of got screwed over in the NFL. I mean, he was so much fun to watch in college. Like, And, and the thing is, when he was with the Broncos, they were like, a few times I would watch him, and he would still have that magic, you know. It'd be like third and nine. And he would just somehow find a way to get the first down, which is what he did at, at Florida. It'd be like third down and nine, but you knew when, with T- Tim Tebow under center, like he's gonna get the first down. Yeah, he would just he 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 would run the ball. This is so not anything that I thought we would talk about. Oh, I know. I'm a huge <laughs> fucking college football fan though, and the Gators. We finally we're finally doing like we have a decent quarterback now in Kyle Trask, and we beat South Carolina last week. We lost to LSU. Uh, two weeks ago, but we were like a few plays away from from winning that game. I we mean, had a few bad big, play calls from Dan Mullen. Some big boys on the LSU. Um, oh yeah, no, they're they're a good team though. They're a really good team. Like honestly, like 
even even when I was watching the game, I was like, even if we lose this, like this has been a quality game. So so hold on. So you're in Gainesville, but you used to be in Chicago. Yeah. So I spent like about three years in Chicago. Um, so I guess yeah, like twenty. I moved June 2016, and then I moved back to Florida in like May of 2015. Interesting. So there's a number of Florida comedians who are kind of operating in the Chicago comedy scene. There are actually. I met a bunch of them. It's I, it's a popular spot for Florida comedians to move. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, I was just, which is so funny to me because I feel like the you would just so be not used to the winter up here, which is just rough. Yeah, um, man. The first winter was was real bad. Um, the second two, I mean, this winter we had that polar vortex in January. That it's was horrible. nuts. But negative fifty degrees. It, yeah, it was insane. Yeah, that was insane. I've never, uh, I got a big I've never experienced though. anything I like that. I got a North before. Face. Oh, you got a big North no, Face. No, now that you pawned, I did. You pawned yeah, pawned it after which, moving back to Gainesville. <laughs> yeah, I probably should. I don't know. Well, I might keep it. Who knows where I'm going to be traveling the next few years? And it's it's a uh, it's super warm. Like my 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 par- I was lucky when I moved up there. My parents were like, "We'll get you a nice parka and everything." And and so with that though, like it kept me it kept me pretty warm. But I'm I'm glad to be back in Florida because like it's it's cool out right now. Like I woke up today, it was like 60 degrees out. I'm like, this is this is perfect. This is like cold enough, you know. So, so <laughs> I I want to talk about uh, this is interesting because I want to talk about the book project and how we connected and okay. all this stuff. But you know, sure. um, you know, for the so for the listener, here's what I think is interesting: is that like uh, you and I connected on Facebook. We don't really know each other. Both members right. of the Chicago comedy scene at at you know at 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 one point and. Um, and there's a lot of people in the Chicago comedy scene, so you can there op- are. you can operate doing comedy full time here and still not meet people. Uh, it's you know it's it's just the it's way so true. just the way the Chicago scene is. Especially if I think you were kind of a little more involved in the world of improv, uh, probably definitely. Yeah, and I'm I'm I was all and only stand up when I'm in Chicago. Gotcha. So. So I did improv for like 14 years, but I, I just, nice. uh, yeah, I finally got over it uh, because most improvisers are kind of insufferable people. <laughs> so I, I, hey, I hear you. I, you know, it's funny too because it's like, I don't know. I think, yeah, I, I agree with that. But I, I also think a lot of stand up comics are pretty insufferable too. Like, oh, yeah. I love, terrible I love doing stand up comedy. Like, I hate most comedians. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, Very self absorbed people. I don't know. Everyone I've met here in Gainesville has been so nice, though. Like, I, I found in like smaller scenes, I mean, I guess it depends where you go. There's, there's assholes everywhere, but everyone in Gainesville I've met has been so nice. That's great. Yeah, I think that uh, I I get the feeling that for some reason Chicago creates an atmosphere that's particularly kind of negative amongst a lot of comedians. I think it's just everybody's. Yeah, it's a little toxic. I don't know what it is. Yeah, we're in competition so hard for a limited number of actual opportunities, and when you go to a different market, like if I like I used to do comedy in Denver a lot, and everybody was really nice because it was like there was no opportunities. (laughs) Like they're just right. It doesn't matter like what you do. So, but let me um let me back up. So what originally connected us is that um you, I noticed you were working on this book project, uh, and you um you you had sort of mentioned about it, and I kind of want to dig into it a little bit because yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm um. You, we're talking about the book that you wrote, Messaging with Purpose, Swipe message Dating. With, message, message with Purpose. Pardon, pardon me, not messaging. No message with Purpose, Swipe Dating Simplified. And yes, sir. So I'm a big fan of anybody trying to work on any projects and uh, particularly on you know exploring uh, um, you know publishing, publishing on Kindle Direct Publishing, 
um, publishing with with Amazon Direct Publishing. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of different opportunities to do this sort of thing. And what we had connected on what you yeah. talked about is not just like, hey, let's write the book and talk about the book, but also like you're you're looking to to kind of even start a whole business around this. And I thought that was really fascinating. So I was like, let's let's jump in and talk about this more on the podcast. And I think that a lot of um, you know, a lot of creative people, a lot of, and a lot of people in the comedy scene, honestly, have a, a one track, like, how do I, let me do a show, how do I do shows, how do I make money doing comedy, and they're like, hey man, you can, there's a lot of opportunities to start making some income outside of comedy, um, yeah. and still be creative, and still do shit that's interesting, um, yeah. and so I thought it was pretty cool that you were doing that, and so that's, uh, that's kind of what led to this conversation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, it's funny because I, I started writing the book about uh, three years ago. Um, it was probably like February 2016. I was living in New Zealand at the time, so I lived in New Zealand for a year from okay, May 2015 to May of 2016. Yeah, and that's actually where I got into stand-up comedy because I, I, I love stand-up. You know, like back in college, I was always watching like Netflix specials, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. Um, and then I took some improv classes in college and I was like, oh man, I love this. Like, this is so cool. And that was kind of like the first time where I saw like the power of improv, you know, where in like one semester of my beginning improv class and like by the end of, you know, 10, 12 weeks, whatever, I was closer with all these people than like a lot of my friends who I'd known like my whole life. And I was like, well, this is really powerful. And then as I talk about this in, in the book as well. So I think, I think um, Tinder came out. I want to say either 2012 or 2013, but I started using it my my junior year of college here at mm, UF, mm. Um, and like immediately just like started going. Well, not immediately because it was definitely a trial and error period. I talk about this in my book. My uh, my best friend Walter and I, uh, we used to just hang out and because we used to just freestyle rap together, so we would oh, just boy. like write poems <laughs> to girls. Yeah, yeah you know, because back then like it, it just came out, nobody really knew what it was or how to use it, so we would just like we're like, well, we're already rapping. Let's just like let's just write some raps or poems to girls, and that's what we would do. But then we we would get like really amazing responses. Some girls would be like, "What the heck? What is it?" But some girls would be like, "Oh my god, that was amazing! Like, what's up?" Oh yeah. And so that's when I was like, "Oh wow!" Like it's really important to stand out. And it's actually pretty funny because he ended up working at a tech startup here as a sales development rep. And he would use the same strategy to like, he would write poems and emails to like CEOs of like huge companies and would, and they would end up like wanting to talk to him. Oh yeah. You know, because it stands out. That's you know, so funny. Time, yeah. I, right? I, I, I love hearing that because my day job for a long time was doing SDR or managing right. SDR teams. And I would tell them that shit as I'd be like, look, just, it's a lot like dating, like just do something funny it and is. interesting and lighthearted and it and not serious and don't be like, oh, here's why our company should work together. It's like exactly the same thing as messaging somebody on Tinder and being like, this is why we should sleep together or this is why we should get married. You're like that. Nobody's going to respond to that. Like it's 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 a way better plan to just be like, let me write a funny, goofy little soliloquy for this person or a, or a haiku or something. Right, and and it doesn't have to be anything like even that that extreme. Like that's why like the first the first chapter in my book is called "Stand Out from the Pack." Express yourself, yeah. you know, because it's like you know, because I mean, the first message you send to other people on swipe dating apps, it's not even a message; it's your bio, you know, it's your photos, um, and and the words you choose 
to write about yourself. And what I've learned, like I've probably, since I started working on this book in my research, like I've probably like seen over like thousands of profiles and most of them suck. <laughs> most of them are so bad. It's like, why did you choose these photos? Number one, these are terrible photos of you. They're all just photos of you. I, I know nothing about you. And or, then you or, either you or don't even have worse, a bio. Or even worse, a photo of, of somebody with a bunch of people. Every single one right. of their photos in the and profile you're like, Who is them with you? like four other people. Right. Yeah. And what that tells me is like if you don't have a photo of you with yourself, it tells me that you're insecure and you don't like the way you look. And like I don't want to go out with somebody who who's insecure about themselves. That's no fun. Yeah. Um, and that's like why a, a big thing actually – I'm really proud of this. I kind of I, – I invented this exercise for the book. So if you're listening and, and you're single and you're just swipe dating, I highly recommend doing this exercise. Um, pretty much I just have people write a love poem – to themselves. Oh yeah, you mentioned that early in the book. Is that yeah. you know, write a love letter or write a love poem to yourself? Yeah, because number one, like we don't love ourselves enough, and, and and we should because that's like really like if you don't love yourself and 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 you don't think you have an exciting life, if you think you're boring, like you probably are boring, and no one's gonna even want to go out with you. Like and so you have to really ha like for lack of a better phrase, you have to have your shit together before you get on these apps or before you start dating anyone. Yeah, and it's funny because not only are there, there's almost like two categories of problems that can happen there. The first is that there's people who think they they never go through that examination and and really think they have nothing to offer or don't know what they're offering. And right. as a result, don't get great results because people... You know, don't don't. It's exactly like the person with a whole bunch of photos of with other people constantly in their profile. Right, you're like, like I have no sense of who you there's are. There's no purpose. Yeah. I, you're confusing me. Or, and and that's that's why I call the book message with purpose. It's like, and, and I guess this is a good time. Like I have like two rules. Like in my book, it's like even even if you don't read the book, if you just take take away these two rules about swipe dating apps, like it'll help you so much. Like number one, if you don't know why you're sending a message, don't send that message. Yep. Because you're either clarifying in a conversation or you're confusing. And if you're confusing, you're not going to get a date. You're yeah, not going to make a friendship. It, you, you're you not say, going the other to one that you say, I love this, is the other one that you say in the book is you're like, if you wouldn't say it in conversation, don't say it in the dating app. Exactly. It, if you wouldn't say it in real life, don't fucking say it online. There's, it's so and, funny because when I've been on dating apps, a lot of – what I'll end up getting is it's so funny. Like I'll get messages that I'm like, there's no, there's no fucking way that this woman would say this to me in real life. Like there's right. just no way she would ever do that. And yet she's saying it to me in this dating app and it feels awkward. Cause you're like, I wouldn't answer this question in real life. Let you know what I mean? Let it's, it's, it, there's something very stilted about it that, and I, I mean, and I'm, I'm dealing with women doing this. Women have to be dealing yeah. with this 10 X. Oh men yeah. Doing Let it me tell you, um, like what actually one of my, one of my new friends, Stephanie, who it's funny, like I actually met, we met, uh, on Tinder about, oh, what's today? A little, about like almost two weeks ago now. Um, and it's so funny because, like, again, like, I want to tell this story just because, like, this is, like, the power of these apps. Like, and, and maybe I, I hope I, I got this point across in the book, but if I didn't, like, the story will show that. It's, like, you never know who you're going to connect with. You never know how this person um, is going to affect your life or how you're going to affect theirs. But um, I met my friend Stephanie on, on Tinder, 
And normally, and, and she lives in Ocala, which is about like 45 minutes south of here. Normally, like I wouldn't have driven to Ocala just to go on a date. But last um, weekend, it was my nephew's first birthday. I was already headed to Orlando. So I was like, you seem cool. Like, let's grab lunch. Um, you know, I'm, I'm already headed to Orlando. So she said, yeah, sure. And so we ended up getting lunch at this place. Oh, it was so funny. What was it called? It was it had a really funny name. It was like the crazy. It was called the crazy cucumber. And she suggested that. I'm like, crazy that's so funny. I want to eat it. The- hopefully, spelled yeah. with three K's. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just C's. <laughs> I wish though, right? Yeah. That would be the most Florida way to. <laughs> oh, that would be so Florida. <laughs> the crazy cucumber with three K's, but no. But it was really great. But um, we ended up talking, and she's really cool. And it, it turns out she's an amazing artist. Mm. You know. So I ended up. Um, I was like, well, I gotta get to Orlando, but like, I, you know, I'm I'm writing this book. Uh, I'm really in, I'm really great. At, I'm a I'm a great promoter. I'm great at sales and marketing, digital marketing. And so I went over to her house and like took photos of all of her art. And now it's like, man, like now I'm like trying to get her to move to Gainesville. Like I also work at um, this music studio here called Studio Percussion, where I teach I teach music. Um, I teach uh, I teach music singing. Uh, comedy and improv yeah. lessons um, and we like you know I just started that job we just moved to a new space and it turns out like the um, the owner of the studio um, you know he, he he wanted someone to like paint a bass drum and I'm like well she's an amazing artist so I connected them so now like she's like working with the studio and now she's like the official artist of our studio oh, yeah. she's helping me she's like my assistant now with my book and then I'm also like kind of being her agent with her art and it's like this amazing partnership and it all started with a conversation on Tinder. And like, that's what I'm trying to get across to people here. It's like, if you can, if you know what you're looking for and it's more than like just sex or dating, like you can, you can, you can, it's a choose your own adventure. Mm. That's what these apps are. And that's what I'm, I'm trying to broaden people's perspectives and open people's minds a bit. Um, because it's like, it's, it's all about connection and you never know how a connection in your life is going to impact you and how someone can help you with your career, with your life, or or even with your dating and sex life, if that's what you're looking for. But it's all about staying open and just communicating with people at a very high level. You know, it's funny that years ago, I um, I ended up working with uh, Adam Lyons, who's a at the time. Oh, I, do you really? I know him. Yeah, yeah. I um, I did. I also worked for his company for a while. And no um, shit. Yeah, I oh, did, I'd love to talk to you more about that. Uh, yeah. after. Did sales for him and uh, it for his company and um, cool and, and did uh, and we're we're you know we're we're like friends. I talk to him every once in a while um, and uh, I would love to connect with him because he he's been he's been in this kind of work for like years now. He's amazing. Oh, like yeah, he's the guy's like he's truly amazing in terms of of dating coaching and things like this. And before people roll their eyes and think like this is shitty, I should say, yeah, you know, you're. What you know, especially doing sales for his company, I would encounter, you know, men and women both, but predominantly men who were truly unhappy. And and by yeah. that, I don't just mean like they were like, yeah, man, I want to like fuck and do this like sleazy shit, like you think of when you think of uh, the the um, you know, the 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 pickup artist on VH1 or whatever, right? And, yeah, or any no, of these like sure. other sleazy dudes. I would get calls from people who would say things like, you know, I'm. 55 i'm a veterinarian i'm autistic and i i just don't want to die alone and you're like jesus yeah. man like we are gonna help you <laughs> like like this is right. so like you like people who people who are you know who are dystemic who couldn't see emotion or read emotions in others and that kind of shit so 
Uh, you know, I just want to caution the listener before you start like rolling your eyes at like dating coaching or anything. This, um, but one of the things I wanted to say is that working with him was uh, actually very helpful for me. Um, and it was really simple. He just kind of gave me in a in the first boot camp that I did with him, which was like 10, 10 years ago. Actually, it wow, was okay. ten years ago. This next this this November, which is strange to think about. Um, yeah, he kind of just gave me a handful of different like tools to be like, here you go. Here's a structure for what you need to do to go out and talk to people and not feel overwhelmed or anything. But one of the first things I learned was I was like, just like you just described, is that it's not a it's it's a much larger world that you're if you're walking into dating apps or the dating world, p- particularly thinking. I'm just all I'm here to do is get laid or get a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Right. And that's your it becomes a zero sum game. But life is not a zero sum game. It's right. not a one or zero. It's, it's like, look, you can meet somebody, go on a date, think, you know what? We're not really compatible romantically, but they're a cool person and they do cool things in the world. And, you know, let's stay in touch. And and there's a number of ways that that can turn out. I mean, I think in, in my experience, I've. I've stayed in touch with a lot of different women who I've uh, dated and, you know, they end up going on and meeting another cool dude. And, and if they're a cool person, they're going to have cool people in their life. And it's exactly great. it's really wonderful. It's to networking meet those is what it is. Yeah. And, and I think that point comes across in the in the book that you've written. Yeah, uh, you know, exactly. And, and you know what, though? It's like there's nothing wrong with getting laid like like. Hey, hey, everyone, guess what? Like, all men and women love sex. Like, yeah. <laughs> what a fucking shocker. You know what? And, and the thing I say in my book, though, is like, again, like, this book is not a guide to getting laid. However, like, when you, you get better at connecting with people, like, I think that what I wrote in the book was like, you know, I'm, I'm more interested in conversation than procreation. However, if good conversation leads to consensual procreation, Who's no one's harmed? <laughs> like that's wonderful, yeah. great, have fun. But also, like it's another thing I say in my book is like I do talk about that. Like that's why I, the last chapter, chapter six, is like I really um, that was one of my favorites to write because it's all about a lot, especially like when I was younger. You know, I was really into like Adam Lyons, um, what's like the, like the game, all of like that pickup stuff. Because because when I was in high school, when I was like. 15 to like 19 like that's all that was available online if you were a guy and you wanted relationship or dating advice that's all that was there you know because it just didn't exist yet which obviously now it's it's gotten a lot like adam lyons is more like he's not a pickup artist anymore he's like i'm a relationships coach sales coach communications expert yeah he is tons of different stuff but it's funny just how that space developed because you're 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 exactly right it is there there was no cosmo for men that existed no and there really wasn't and consequently a lot of these guys had to go search for this stuff and like try to figure out what because i mean the the problem is it, it's an availability problem that yeah. the if you're a man if you're a young man particularly nobody teaches you this shit and no. and and probably <laughs> and probably i was just speaking with um i was talking about incels with um professor of the university of toronto <laughs> i know it's strange no, that's to, great. but i was talking someone with, told me they're like you need to you need to coach all these incels i was like honestly if they have the money i would love to <laughs> like i really well, yeah would love i mean to and, and getting a product for i mean maybe there's an opportunity there for a product a, yeah. a very inexpensive product that targets that community as a as Definitely. a kind of um pro bono for them. And like, I think that, you know, I, I, so I was talking with Judith Taylor, who's a professor of um, sociology and, and uh, women and gender studies at the university of Toronto. And 
we were talking about incels, and I, and there's a real gap there. Like, I think that there's a strange etiquette gap that might be closed in the next, pardon me, in the next decade, because I think that yeah. Gen Z doesn't have, I don't know, I don't, really don't know what Gen Z does, but my guess is that they don't have the same issues that millennials have in the sense that right. there, there had been at one time, I think, a kind of prescribed etiquette for how men and women were supposed to interact together and I think everybody kind of understood that and it wasn't healthy but it but it was prescribed and then that kind of fell apart into the 90s 2000s um, you know into the aughts into the early teens and and it still hasn't really coalesced into anything else there's no structure there but I think dating apps are a part of that they're filling a they filled a real gap that existed in sort of the definitely the relationship marketplace and so it's interesting because that that's starting to fill so I don't know if this is going to be an issue so much in the future again but it definitely is right now and and try but my point though just to return to it is that nobody teaches men how to deal with this and I think that women one have sources like Cosmo and which I mean I know that everybody's going to roll their eyes with me saying it but that's kind of an open social part of I think being a woman is that there this is a conversation that women have with each other sort of openly and I think the second part is that you just have to deal with this kind of romantic sexual attention as a woman so much earlier than I think men do and and men don't get maybe ever that kind of attention coming in their direction unless they actively go out and seek it and put a lot of energy into that space. And so consequently, like there was just no advice for men to how to do any of this stuff. And, and you know, if you're the least bit sensitive as a man, you know that 90% of the time when you are trying to make any kind of attempt without guidance to get a woman's attention, she's like, I don't want to talk to you. Right. (laughs) And you're like, I know that I'm causing pain for people around me and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. (laughs) Well, you know, that's the thing. It's like, I, I think it all comes back to awareness, you know? And I think a lot of men are just don't have awareness of how they are perceived by men and women. And and really, I think, again, but I think that's why these dating apps are so great because it's like, even if you're someone who's never used them, if you're on the fence about them, like my whole thesis about like, what are these apps? Like ultimately, they're a classroom. If you are someone who identifies as introverted or, or, or you, you wouldn't consider yourself very social, these apps provide you an opportunity to just literally, like you can be in bed talking to people, just writing, texting, and everyone's texting. We're all online all the time, and it's so easy. And then all, all my book provides is a very simple blueprint for people to follow to, to create an entertaining conversation and then, and then ask for a date. And so if you are someone who, who doesn't socialize a lot, now you have um, a framework that you can follow so you can socialize more. And sure, maybe your first few dates, well, guess what? They'll probably suck. <laughs> you know, like if you're an awkward person, <laughs> they'll probably suck. But also, like if you are awkward, like I also say that, like, and, and, and this is an original to uh, Marnie Kinris is another dating coach. And I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I got this from her. Like address the elephant in the room. Like if you're an awkward person or you feel awkward or embarrassed and you're on a date, just say that. Say, hey, I'm sorry. Like I don't go out a lot. This is my first date in a while and I'm a little nervous. Because as soon as you do this, you know, it's the same with comedy, right? Like if you don't address the elephant in the room, 
like it's just going to build. But also when you do address the elephant in the room, it's uh, some, most of the time it's the funniest thing because it's on everyone's mind. Yep. And you've just released the tension, which will get a laugh, and then you can keep going with your set. Or in the case of swipe dating apps, you can keep going with your date. That's exact. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of it is, I mean, you know, just accepting, I mean, for people listening, like I, for me at least, uh, I just accepted, you know what, I'm just going to have to learn to be vulnerable and just get better at this. I mean, the first step to doing anything, like you say in the book, dating is a practice. I, I really believe that also. I mean, relating to people is a practice. Being social is a practice. And you can't just go out and, and do it out of nowhere and expect to be good at it. So, you know, I think that a big part of this is just being willing to be vulnerable and, and having, I mean, like people have said some, you know, women have said some mean things to me on dating apps and just, just because just who knows why, just because they're, they're mean and, 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 and I, it wasn't anything that I was doing, but that's just a part of, you know, if you want to learn to be a boxer, you got to get in the ring and maybe exactly. get punched a couple of times. Exactly. It's a part of the game. And, you know, exactly. And, but it's great, though, because it's like, again, why like I tie this book, to, you know, about to, with dating, with stand-up comedy and sales, because it's the same. You, you Like, you know, you've worked in sales. How many, like, you, I, I worked at door-to-door sales when I was in New Zealand. Door-to-door. I would knock on 90 doors a day. And out of those 90 doors, maybe 10 people would talk to me. Yeah. Like I had doors shut in my face. I had people talk to me and like curse me out just for me being there. And, and, and especially because I was like trying to sign people up for like monthly donations to charity. Like oh, no yeah. one wants that. <laughs> and no you're one an has American. Money. Yeah. And you're, and not, American. you're not even a Kiwi. <laughs> exactly. Well, sometimes that was worked to my advantage because people would be like, oh, my God, you're American. Um, I remember one time there was a nice couple who, like, just invited me into their house and, like, made me lunch and tea. And, like, that was incredible. But see, like, that's just, like, the, the apps, right? Like, not every date's going to be great. But every now and then you'll have a date and be like, wow, that was an amazing connection. What an amazing person. I'd love to see them again. Um, and then at the, so – I was doing door-to-door sales while going on a bunch of Tinder dates while getting into stand-up comedy. And so I just saw the similarities between them all, especially with stand-up. Like, I I, I started doing stand-up in November of um, 2015. And, and, and you, like, were yeah, you it was in like, – hold on a second. Were you in Wellington? I was in Wellington. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I was in Wellington, which also has an amazing stand-up scene. Like, like um, her name um, – Jules – Bergeser. I hope I'm not butchering her name, but she's a comedian there, and she's a producer. She produced several shows, and every every um, other Sunday she would host a new material workshop. And honestly, I wanted to do improv. Like I moved to Wellington um, in about in October, I think, of 2015. Um, I was living in Wanaka before then, which is in the South Island, because um, obviously their winter. Um, is our summer and yep. I was working at a ski resort and when I was living there I actually taught an improv class um, with a bunch of ski bums who had never even performed before and it was amazing because like in in eight weeks of, of doing these classes like I started this this core group of, of improvisers kept coming back like five or six people and I ended up producing a, a, like a short form comedy show in the town called Wanna Car, which was just a dumb pun play on the name Wanaka. Um, Wanaka. But it was essentially in the style of, uh, you know, like whose line is it anyway? And so I just kind of host, I was like the Drew Carey of the show. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they, they didn't have any improv down there. So I hosted it at this bar called Gin and Raspberry and like did some drink specials and they packed out, man. There was like over a hundred people there to come see some like short form improv comedy. And it was so much fun. And I remember like I recorded it and the recording wasn't great, but then 
everyone was so pumped up. They're like, man, this is the coolest thing. And after that, I was like, well, guys, like, this isn't a class anymore. We're a team. I just got my own place. So then they would come over and we would just rehearse in my living room like every week. And then we started getting into like long form, some more kind of Chicago style improv, you know, the Herald and, yeah. and, and more kind of fun stuff. And then before I left, we did another show where we did short form, but then we also did some long form. And I'm pretty sure the the, the form that we did, it was called uh, Funeral Service. And it uh -huh. was so fun um, because how it worked, it was like you would get a suggestion from the audience of um, like just what's a crazy way to die. And I think it was like someone was like, oh, like drowning in a washing machine. So then my, my oh, boy no. Adam, who, yeah, he's Canadian. So he, he came out and just did the scene where he like lost his change in the washing machine and then like fell in and it turned on and he died. And then the rest of the show is just like someone's the like someone's the priest. I think I was the priest because I was kind of like facilitating it. And then everyone else on the team would come out and be like, you know, just like say, oh, you know, I was Jack's brother. I was his father. Oh, I worked with him at the store. And then they would just recall a moment they had with him. And then Adam would come out and do a scene with them and, and they would reenact that moment. And that's a great, I loved it. It's a great, yeah. yeah, great game. It's fun because it's like by the end, it's like the audience, but also everyone on the team like learns about like who was this person and like who died in this totally ridiculous way. And, and they totally crushed it. And then the second half of the show we did short form. But so I was like riding that high when I went to Wellington and I went there for the New Zealand Improv Festival. And that was also amazing because it was like some of the best improvisers that I've ever met in my life, you know, from New Zealand, Australia, even England, even there was one guy from, from China who came. Oh, wow. Um, and so, it, and it's a, it's a dream of mine when I have more money, I want to go back to the, um, the New Zealand Improv Festival in Wellington and just like teach a workshop and then do a show myself. But anyways, I wanted to do improv and, and what I learned about the Wellington, the improv community, um, there was this group there, Play Shop. And then there was like, there was a more casual group that kind of like taught community lessons. Um, but the one that was more performance based, like when I asked, I was like, oh, I'd love to do improv with you guys. And essentially they were like, well, you know, we're not like, we don't, you have to audition to be in the group, but we're not holding auditions right now. And I was like, well, I'm only gonna be here for six more months. And really all I wanted to do was get on stage. So I ended up falling into standup because all I wanted to do was perform. And I was yeah. like, well, I can write for my, I can be my own writer, I can get up on stage and they have these workshops. So I just started going to those and like, man, yeah. And within two months, <laughs> this was one of the craziest times. At the end of 2015, December, a bunch of these comedians invited me to perform comedy at an EDM festival in the middle of nowhere <laughs> in the South Island. And it was like nuts, man. It was like, they couldn't, they like paid me in drugs. <laughs> and so, like, I was just like tripping the whole time, and that's, it was that's, like wild. That's, that's taking Florida to New Zealand. I, exactly. <laughs> and this was like two months into me doing comedy, and I, I did like two ten-minute sets. I was like, it was nuts. That's so um, funny. Yeah, I also got I also got naked. <laughs> that became as a thing. as one I, does at an EDM festival. As you do, and, and the thing was though, I, I got naked on during my set because it was it was a part of um, it was a part of my set because I I opened my set with this joke about um how it's like oh you know like this <laughs> it probably didn't age well. I was like Martin Luther King had a dream. I was like I also had a dream in college, <laughs> and my dream was that like I would get naked at a party. And like somebody would see me and they would get naked and someone would see them and they would get naked. And then like pretty soon the whole party would be naked and we would all be celebrating our bodies. And there is no gender. There is no shame. <laughs> we're all one with the universe and we're all one with each other. So it was kind of like a play on like it's that. Like your, I, like, it was like, your big closer. 
Like, <laughs> well, no, this was my opener. <laughs> oh my god! Because I got naked during this. I got so I got naked while doing that, and then the punchline. I was like, would like just hype it up, and then I'd be like, you know, but it never happened. My friends would be like, Michael, put your pants on, <laughs> and funny. then I just did the rest of my set naked. But I already had this plan because I had a joke at the end. My closer was about my superpower, and my superpower was about how I'd never been caught masturbating. Although I got like when I was younger, but I had some close calls, and essentially it was just like a slow motion act out of me putting my clothes on. But during the set, I actually put my clothes on. So by the end of my set, my clothes were back on, but it was all a part of the act. Ah, uh, got it. You know, uh, that's funny. Which man. is funny. Yeah. This is which like- is funny because also like. <laughs> I just like it's amazing yeah, the, the the places that comedy can take you, man. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it though? Like I I honestly think that like everybody should do comedy. Like even even if you don't want to be like a famous stand up comedian, like for the same reason why I think everybody should be on swipe dating apps, everybody should try comedy at least once because you just, you learn so much about yourself. Yeah, no, you I actually I, I definitely agree with that. I think that people and it's funny because when you talk to them, they're like, oh, I could never do that, and I'm like, well, if you think you could never do it, then you should probably do it. And yeah, then, and then you, you can say yourself. you can say that you did the thing you never thought you were gonna do, and exactly. now, now you're living in that now you're living that life. Um, exactly. Well, let me. So let's let's tr- let's transition this conversation just a little bit because you're talking about like, yeah, I want to be traveling in the future and stuff. I think that that was okay. really cool about what you're doing in terms of the book, and I kind of want to get into hopefully not a boring amount of nitty grittiness here. But um, you sure. were talking about how you this the book is not only something that you wanted to kind of authentically produce based on your experience on dating apps and 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 dealing with dating and and, and 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 not just have it be a real piece of value that you're offering which it is but also that you're like look I've got a plan for how this fits in with you know my what I the life that I'm trying to kind of develop for myself and I wanted to talk about that because it, okay. you know how did yeah. you sort of approach writing it took you three years to write i mean it's a real work it's a good book well, you know what's funny you know what's funny they actually didn't like i honestly wrote a book like a bulk of the book like that february in 2016 like i woke up every morning because i had an outline and and i wrote like most of it like i honestly even like the most of the middle parts of the book i didn't touch for three years but like okay really honestly like it took me three years just to like like accept myself and be like, wait a minute, this actually has value and can help people. Um, well, so how and- was part of the way that you recognized that? And and you had mentioned previously okay. that you were like, yeah, I've worked with a couple of different coaches. I mean, like I've worked with different coaches in different realms and things too. And a coach is like a great way to help you work, you know, make progress quickly, um, work through some things. But I'm curious, like, how did you recognize that you were like, oh, this is really valuable and I want to do something with this? Man, that's a great question. I mean, when I moved to Chicago, it's like I was still single. And then I um, that's when I discovered like Bumble and like all these other apps because they only had Tinder in New Zealand. And I was like, wow, because originally it was just going to be about Tinder. And then I was like, oh, wait, like I have to change this to be about swipe dating. Um, so I went on a lot of more dates there. I, I also like saved a bunch of my screenshots of conversations. Um, I don't know. I really struggled, honestly, a lot in Chicago, at least just to like just to like kind of get by. Like, I think my story in Chicago was like I wanted to do comedy and all this creative stuff. um, But I was really bad at just like living, you know, at just like keeping a day job while also doing my creative stuff. And um, so I struggled a lot. I really struggled up there with my mental health. um, Really? Depression. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm a big advocate of mental health, which I think I, I talk about that in the book. Um, 
um, especially over the last two years, I, um, I did four ayahuasca ceremonies with, wow. with the shaman who, who, who came to my um, kundalini yoga studio up there. And so honestly, I mean, I really feel like that's what Chicago was for me. It was almost like I had my spiritual <laughs> You're not the only one who, that's fascinating. You're not the only one who's had a lot of struggles in this, in this town, I feel like. Yeah, it, it kind of chewed me up and just kind of spit me out. And I, and I never really got like consistent traction there, which is why like, Back in May, man, like my mental health was awful. Like I literally, like I, I called my parents. I was like, I gotta come home. Um, my relationship like kind of fell apart, and and I'm, we're still friends too. She's amazing, but it's just I, I just wasn't healthy, and I, I felt like I didn't have the support that I needed. All of my family is down south, so I just kind of made that decision. I said, you know, I don't. Like I need, I was like, mom, dad, like I need your help. I gotta come home, like, because yeah. I, I was focusing so much on this book. Um, also earlier this year, I did this like leadership training out in Colorado, which really helped me, brought a lot of awareness to myself. But essentially, I was focusing so much on this coaching and and business and this book that again, it's like I kind of I became ungrounded and I wasn't working. I didn't have money. I was in debt. Um, and so I just I had to come home and reset. And you know, I ended up back in. Gainesville in August and like it's just like things have just been working out for me here I have a lot of friends here I have a lot of support and it's just been easier I just feel like everything has been flowing here in a way that I feel like things never flowed for me in Chicago it was always like a struggle but I was struggling for like for nothing I wasn't getting anything back which is like the definition of an abusive relationship yeah, you know that's so true that's really funny um, so like so 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 is that how this is that how the book started to come together is basically you got when you went back to Gainesville you you know in August you've been back there for really only a, a few months but um, that alone yeah. maybe gave you the clearance to be like, all right, I'm going to put this book together. Like, and it's it did, yeah, honestly, because I started working with um, two of my coaches, like like one of them in February and then another one in May, and I was originally going to launch the book in June, but like, but mentally, man, I just I just I wasn't in a place where I could do anything. So, you know, I took the summer off. I was with my parents. I was with my sisters up in Richmond. Yeah, and then came back in August. And you know, honestly, I wasn't I was planning to like release the book in December, but then I I started. Um, I got accepted into this acting agency in Orlando, and so things started happening for me. And then um, online, I, I, I on Backstage.com, I submitted to be on this AdultSwim.com show called Digikiss, and where you go on a thirty-minute like live blind date with someone over Skype. Oh, that and sounds so, fun. Yeah, I mean, I have the episode too. Actually, I can I can email it to you after. They just sent me the video file. It was it was hilarious. Um, but so that was last Wednesday, and so it was like a week before they told me I was like, oh, we'll be on next Wednesday, and all. And so then I reached out to all my coaches. I'm like, guys, I'm going on this Adult Swim show about dating. Like, we gotta launch the book next Wednesday. Like, whatever yeah. I need to do, let me know. Like, let's. So it was kind yeah. of a like. A, yeah. I only decided to launch the book like two weeks ago, but I'm like, everything's ready to go. Let's just do it. Let's just get it out there. And, and then let's just I'll just promote it and we'll just see what happens. It's amazing and how just having that flashpoint will make it like exactly. Yeah. So so let's talk about okay. So so let's talk about just the and again we don't have to go into an unnecessary level of detail. But in that two sure. weeks, you know, where was the book at at the beginning of the two weeks? And then what were sort of the steps that you had to go through to to finish it? It was done. Yeah, because no, I think I mean, that it, like a lot of yeah. people, it was done. It was already. It yeah, was it was all edited. The, yeah, honestly, it was like ready. I mean, I had to do. There were a few small formatting errors, and so I was working with. Um, his name's Matt Stone. Um, his company is a hundred a hundred covers dot com, and I, I super recommend them. Oh yeah, you, uh, I, you yeah you mentioned this to me before. Yeah, 
Not the same yeah, Matt I mean, Stone from not the same Matt Stone from uh, no, 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 no. from from South Park though. No, I think his professional like he has a blog also called Buck Flogging, so you, you understand how he feels about blogging. But he he kind of he helps people become authors. So he has a few different companies. About I think Buck Books is another one of his companies, which I'm pretty sure they're running a promotion of my book next Monday. Um, yeah, he's just a, he's a, he's an internet marketer, and he, yeah, he sells books online, writes books. Um, all of his books are really great too; they're all on Amazon. Um, but yeah, he's just an entrepreneur and and, and self publisher who just helps other people do the same. That's great. Um, so you had so you had basically written, you had edited it, you put it all together, you, you connected with Matt Stone, and had all of this stuff ready to go. And then in the two yep. weeks, sort of before the air date of. Uh, of you on the show, basically, it was that was the okay. Let's do it. Let's go. And so, yeah. what's the process been? So, like, what's the process been since then in terms of promotion or in terms of right. like you know you so... getting the word out? I know you've been doing some podcasts. And by the way, just for the listener, you know, you you didn't you did not ask to do this podcast. I just we had talked about it, and I was oh like, yeah, it was and I was like, this sounds cool, Mike. Like we should talk about this. So. <laughs> So I'm not yeah. you. I'm not like hawking his book or like or anything. Oh, no. There was no relationship that we had talked about. I just was interested in talking with Mike, sort of to hear about this process because this mirrors a lot of kind of what and listeners of the podcast will know. This mirrors a lot of kind of what I've had going on lately, also. So, um, just all that kind of stuff. But anyway, like let's um. So 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 what so what have you been doing sort of in the last couple of weeks to kind of get this going? You had mentioned some affiliate stuff. I know you've been doing podcasts. Yeah, so actually, I've been working with this guy. Um, his name is Paul Brody. His web his uh, website's BrodyEDU.com, and so he's like um, he's also like a publishing coach. And I think I was listening to his podcast back in May, um, and then you know, or I was on his email list, and I just decided to reach out to him. And I talked to his assistant, and they were like, "Yeah, I think you'd be a good fit." So yeah, so I actually paid him to help me. Um, with the book launch, because I mean, like, his, you know, if you go to his website, yeah, I mean, he's got 34 number one best-selling books. Um, you know, he's been he's been doing this for a while. So I said, you know, I don't really want to do this on my own. I'd rather have some support. And um, yeah, he's got a free book right now called Get Published, which I would also highly recommend. I'm probably going to read it too, just to see what other things I can be doing right now. But uh, pretty much, I was reaching out to him. Um, you know, reaching out to Matt, just making sure the formatting of the book was all in place, um, going to Amazon KDP, which is uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, yep. um, and just sending, uh, setting up the sales page and the pricing. Um, and luckily, like, I just gave Paul my, my info for my Amazon account because I was getting so stressed out. I'm like, dude, can you take care of this? He's like, give me your info. I got it. Um, so he's the one who's kind of been running, like, my, like, like my book is – also, yeah, if you're listening, my book is free right now um, until Friday. Um, and over the last two days, it'll be free from Monday to Friday. We've already had over 2,000 downloads. Um, he's been sharing it with his email list. Um, and I'm going to be going on his podcast soon as well. But, um, yeah, so I, honestly, yeah, I've just been kind of just following the strategy, you know, what, what he laid out and just kind of staying in touch with him. Um, pretty much the most important thing when you self-publish your book is like the day, um, the day that it launches, you need to get at least five reviews. Um, because that opens up um, all these other kind of publishing tools yep. and, lets you, and lets you run promotions. So that was really the most important thing I was doing leading up to the launch was I was sending um, friends free copies of my book, having them like, hey, please, please send me. Like, honestly, if I could do it over again, because I, I had like under a week to do this. They're like, for my next book, I'm definitely going to have an email list and like 
send send out pre-release copies of my book like at least a month in advance and have people write them and send them to me. Um, it, but yeah, I mean, but I already have like 19 five-star reviews up from friends, family, um, fans, and, and they're all really great. I'm getting really positive feedback. Um, so I think, yeah, if you want to launch a book, that's the most important thing. Number one, get a really good cover design. Number two, make sure your book's good <laughs> and actually help yeah. people yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, it's, probably helps to have good content in the yeah book. you need good content you definitely want to be helping people i i don't know much about like self-publishing for fiction and all of that but i imagine i imagine it's similar but i imagine it's a little bit of a different game i'm sure that would be a lot of probably sending your book to like probably more influential fiction writers and maybe getting them to either write a review or plug you um, but yeah, then it, honestly, it, I, I've just been li like, exactly like how we met. I've just been adding a bunch of people on Facebook because now I have like this Facebook page set up for the book. I have a fan page. Um, I also just set up, um, a fan page, uh, a, fa a group page called swipe dating app discussion on Facebook. So if you're listening and like, I'm going to be posting a lot of, um, example, Tinder conversations in there, analysis, um, and my hope is I want to encourage other people to share their conversations as well. And I want the group to just be the support group so men and women can – we can have a dialogue about dating and help each other. Um, and also I'm just going to be there to kind of facilitate. Um, but that's also – that's like the official group to the um, the book page, which is just message with purpose. I think if you just – if you type in – I think it's just uh, facebook.com. Um, slash message with purpose pages slash pages slash message with purpose. message with purpose which I can send you all these links after as well yeah, yeah we'll just I'll toss post. them in the show notes so somebody um, can take a look yeah uh, that wasn't it whatever it's something I'll, I'll send you all the <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you all the links but yeah because my obviously I'm gonna be doing like one on one coaching which will be paid I definitely I'm already designing my first um, I'm gonna do a six week uh, group coaching course. Um, which essentially I'm going to guide people essentially through the whole process of the book. Um, but then I'm going to also be there to support and also all these other, um, I want it to be men and women too, who are struggling with swipe dating. Um, so we can all support each other and kind of learn, um, and teach each other as we grow. Um, so I want to start with, with that because I, I love group coaching. I think it's like, it's like, that's why I love coaching improv, you know, cause you have a team and you all kind of have this opportunity to grow and connect with each other. But I'm also going to be opening up to one-on-one -on -one clients as well. Um, and just like teaching workshops and I'm also going to be doing a lot of, I'm reaching out to libraries and, and, and bookstores and just going to be doing some books. Yeah, you are, you really stuff. are like a, a promotion machine, man. I can see why I you am. got hundreds <laughs> of people out to your improv shows in uh, New Zealand. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just, it's just who I am. Um, I've also, I'm very into human design, um, which I don't know if you've heard of that. Like, it's kind of like a more spiritual, like Myers-Briggs, um, which I've been studying it for a year and essentially, in human design, there's like four types of people. There's like generators, um, projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. And I'm a projector, which apparently is like 20% of the population. And the goal of projectors is like we're here to be um, – we're not here to work. We're here to guide. And so for me, like that's what this book is. Like, And, and to, to succeed as a projector, uh, like we're here to kind of – at least my mission is like I'm here to kind of explore – um, these complicated systems that we have, for example, like swipe dating apps, 
and kind of research and find a better and easier way and, and teach that to other people. Um, so for me, exactly, it's like I'm I'm a natural promoter, though. I, obviously, I'm very charismatic. I'm a Gemini. I, I make friends everywhere I go, but I also try to just I, I always want to be teaching and helping people. I, at my heart, I'm a humble servant because I have learned in my life. Um, and it took me probably like 28 years to learn this lesson. The more that I serve others, the more that others will serve me in return. Oh yeah, man. That's like, uh, it's funny because I don't really believe in the law of attraction and in a metaphysical sense. I I don't really think, I don't think that there's any kind of special woo woo thing to it, but I think that there is a definitely something true about you get what you give and the more value you try to offer other people, the more value people offer to you. And and uh, I, so I mean, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. I think that, and, 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 and it's interesting to me just kind of the way you've not just, which is you're like, and the way you're talking about it, which is like, look, I, you know, I've, 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 I've thought about this a long time. It's a problem I solved in my own life. I really want to help other people with it. And I'm of making myself available to try and, and do that as much as possible exactly. to others. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm here to help, which is funny because I, I, I also do a lot of brand ambassador work. And, and I did this, this um, gig with Google up in Chicago like a few weeks ago. Um, they did this huge festival called... Um, wonderful weekends which they were just giving out free stuff and you know I, I got paid to just like you know give out free stuff and represent Google and teach people about Google Maps and it's funny because they gave us all these dope white denim Google jackets and on the breast pocket it says here to help <laughs> ah nice so I wear that everywhere I go. I'm like, hey, like, how can I help? Like, I'm here to help. You know? <laughs> exactly. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I, I got this book. I'm just trying to get it out. And we're like, sure. Like, obviously, I'm trying to make a living doing this. I'm trying to make money. But I'm really, I'm here because I want to affect. I want to help people. I want people to connect with other people. And I do believe in abundance. Like, I believe, I'm like, really, the title I've, I want to give myself is like, I, I don't like dating coach. I would say maybe dating expert. But what I, what I am is a creative coach yeah I teach people how chief to... abundance officer chief yeah I love that CAO chief abundance well maybe when when I have a little more money and have like when when I get Michael Booth be creative running I'll give myself that title <laughs> but no I agree with you because honestly I am a very spiritual person and like I love getting all woo-woo with people but I know it turns people off as well so I also like I I can also take all that's spirituality stuff and make it really simple because like I really do believe that spirituality in essence all it is is awareness it's it Mm -hmm. it's being aware of yourself being aware of your emotions being aware of your triggers and and, and learning from them and healing yourself and 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 also being aware of other people like you know that phrase mindfulness gets thrown around a lot like the mindfulness industry and like you don't even need to like do obviously I do I practice breath work every day I do meditation I do have a daily practice, but you know, the real meditation for me is out in the world. You know, how do you treat that server at that restaurant you go to? How do you treat people in traffic? Do you get angry or do you, do you have patience? Yeah, that's um, the real, like, how that's do you the challenge, strangers? man. It's, it's easy to be exactly. quiet when you're in your own apartment and nothing's happening and or, you're turning you know, off it's, your exactly, phone Exactly, it's easy to be mindful at that yoga class. It's easy to be mindful when you're out on that retreat. But how do you react to the world when you're just do, living your life? And for me, like, that's what I'm, like, I try to take my spirituality and just show people it out in the world. Like, how can I help? Being kind, being a servant. Because that's, I think that's, like, that's the, 
I don't know if there's any reason like why we're here. Like I think that's it. We're just here to help others while we, as much as we can for as long as we can. I mean, I, that's a great sentiment to wrap up on, man. I think I think we, so. <laughs> we've um, we've yeah. I this is a well. This is a, it's again, man. It's a it's a great book. Message with purpose. I would encourage everybody to go check it out. And um, you know, by the time this is released, unfortunately, the free <laughs> the free, yeah, the free yeah, it'll, it'll will be end, over. Yeah. But I but it'll, have. It'll only be like either. It'll only be like a dollar ninety nine or four ninety nine. It'll be cheap. Um, yeah, it's a simple, easy to access for Kindle. You can buy it on paperback. Also, that's a little more expensive, just because obviously yeah. it's a physical copy. But that's there too. Um, and Michael Boothby, uh, thanks again, man. I mean, for for dropping by. Where can people follow you? Where can they follow sure. up? Get into your communities? Any of that stuff? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Michael Boothby Creative. Um, I'm pretty active on there. I'm pretty sure Twitter is also Michael Boothby Creative. I don't, I don't go on there that much. I'm most active on Facebook, so Michael Boothby is my personal page. But um, you can follow um, Michael Boothby Creative. That's my kind of. Um, that's where I kind of do my comedy consulting, my business stuff. I also have Michael Boothby music. I'm going to be coming out with an EP and an album next year. That's pretty cool. Um, hell yeah. And you can also follow the, uh, please, if you can, um, become a fan of the book. Um, it, um, I'm again, we'll, we'll have these links up, but it's like, I think the page is just message with purpose book. Um, if you look at, up, 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 uh, words, if you look that up on Facebook, you can find it. <laughs> And there's also a partner group for that called uh, Swipe Dating, um, Swipe Dating App. Um, I think it's just Swipe Dating App advice. Let me double check. I I just created this yesterday because I've been adding all these comics. Yep. And I'm getting I'm getting overwhelmed in my feed. It's just all these really funny jokes from people I don't know, and it's overwhelming me. Okay, so it's called Swipe Dating App Discussion, parentheses, message with purpose, book club. So if you join that, I'm getting a bunch of content ready. So example conversations, I'm just gonna be polling people about just you know everything about dating. And I'm hoping to build that group into a self-sustaining group that people can support themselves on their dating journey. Um, and also you can email me at michael at michaelboothbycreative.com. I should have my own website up sometime in the next month. Uh, it's not up yet, so don't go there. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's where you can follow me. And if you have any questions about anything, whether related to the book, me, um, feel free to shoot me a message on Facebook or, or send me an email. I'm, I'm, I'm very responsive. All right. Well, Michael Boothby, thanks so much for dropping by, man. And, uh, meanwhile, the madness continues. <laughs> the madness never stops. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Madness Continues podcast. Once again, this is Brendan Lemon. If you liked what you listened to, please take a minute to like, to subscribe, to give us a rating. It really does mean a difference. I say us like there's more than one person doing this. Uh, it's just me, everybody. So every little bit of support you can lend would be really appreciated by me. If you want to share this podcast, it would really, really, really mean a lot to me. I hope you come back. I hope you listen and check out the other podcast I produce, Funny Planet, where we talk to different comedians from all over the world about what they're doing and how they are funny in their own cultures. You can learn a thing or two and you'll have a laugh too. Anyway, take care. Take it easy. We'll see you here next time.